week's episode, I'll take a look at some exciting gaming content coming to us in 2024, plus rumours of the PlayStation 5 Pro stir thanks to some possible specs. I'm Barry, and this is episode 126 of the Retro Gaming Dads podcast, the podcast for everything retro and retro-inspired. Now, first of all, I am on my own. We do have good excuses, but we would like to say sorry for our little hiatus over the last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, through a mixture of different circumstances, we've been unable to put a podcast together. This was only a temporary blip, and hopefully things will be back to normal come the new year. But I will now list our excuses in order of least important to most important. First of all, Anthony. He'll, unfortunately, he isn't with us today and he hasn't been available the last couple of weeks because he's decided to uproot and move his whole family about four miles away from where he existingly lived. Now, unfortunately, the fantastic guys at Vodafone have also failed to install his broadband as promised. So he cannot get on to join us in this podcast at the moment. As I say, hopefully this will be fixed just after Christmas. Next up is Phil, who was on holiday to celebrate his 40th birthday. So congratulations on reaching your 40s. I'll be honest, none of us thought we'd ever make it, but here we are. It seems so so long ago that we were in high school talking about Power Rangers and Sonic the Hedgehog. And to be honest, not much has changed since. Now, unfortunately, he's not with us today because he's fallen ill. So I hope you get better and a speedy recovery for you. Next up is I've been unavailable because the most terrible thing for a man to happen has happened to me. No, I've not had the snip. I got man flu. And unfortunately, it wasn't just me. It was my poor not quite one year old child. So the last week or so, we've just been feeling sorry for ourselves, coughing and spluttering all over the place and spreading our germs. Thankfully, I am feeling better now. So is he. Unfortunately, my other child is now starting to become under the weather. So hopefully it'll be right as rain come Christmas. But now that our excuses are out of the way, we'll get straight into the news. Now, First up, we have two TV shows coming in 2024 based on video games. The first one is the Fallout TV show coming to Amazon Prime on the 12th of April. Now, all the trailers and, as usual, anything we talk about in the podcast will be in the show notes available at our website, retrogamingdads.co.uk. I would say go and watch the trailer for Fallout. I think they have nailed the aesthetic for it perfectly. Everything from the way it looks, the way it sounds. You've got the Brotherhood in there. You've got all sorts of disgusting-looking creatures. You've got the ghouls. And, most importantly, you've got the gore. This looks like it could be maybe a little bit of a body horror science fiction series. And I really, really hope this does well. As one person in the comments said, which I completely agree with, uh, at Yami on the YouTube page said, 
I so badly want the show to be good. Please don't pull another Halo on us. And they've nailed it spot on. Although talking of which, we also get a trailer for the Series 2 of Halo. Now, I love Halo. I really, really do. I love the lore. I love the stories. I, um, I, I like the games, obviously. I didn't like the first season of the Halo TV show. It wasn't bad from a sci-fi show point of view, but it was bad from a Halo show point of view. Obviously, everyone says there's far too much time with the Master Chief without his helmet on. I understand why in a TV show, they probably have to show his face more than just in the helmet, but there seemed to be some pretty good ideas and set pieces, but everything that tied them together wasn't that great now the tray or the teaser i should say for the upcoming season does look like it may be more aligned to what we expect especially from the games now we see reach under attack so we might have a whole arc of the fall of reach which any halo fans all know that that culminates in the master chief and keys split uh shooting off into space to avoid the Covenant from following them and discovering the first Halo, which we do get a tease of at the end of the trailer. I so badly want this to be good. Please be good. Please. Uh, Well, we don't have to wait too long to see whether or not it is good, as this will be coming to Paramount Plus on the 8th of February. I... I just want it to be good, please. (laughs) Right. So we'll get in some hardware specs before getting in some games. As mentioned earlier, rumors of the PlayStation 5 Pro have been swirling yet again, as it's been pointed out that a lot of the previous rumors have come true. We have had our PlayStation 5 slim, even if it's not that much slimmer. And when it was first announced that Sony would be bringing some sort of gaming tablet that would only be used for streaming your PlayStation 5, everyone was like, no, that's not going to happen. And lo and behold, we now live in a world where we can go and pick up the PlayStation Portal. Now, the next rumor would be the PlayStation 5, and a couple of potential specs have been unveiled As always, these are not set in stone. They are not official. So take everything with a huge handful of salt. Now, it looks like we will be getting an improved CPU, which looks like it could be roughly 25% faster than the existing PlayStation 5. However, more impressively, we could be seeing a new custom RDNA-free-based GPU as opposed to the RDNA 2 based one in the current PlayStation 5, which could be anywhere from about one and a half to three times better than what we currently get. And let's face it, the PlayStation 5 is no slouch in the graphics department as it is anyway. We could also expect up to two times the hardware ray tracing acceleration, which Although sounds impressive, the ray tracing on the PlayStation 5 at the moment has been a novelty at best, so I don't think doubling that power would have the sort of 
improvement that a lot of people in the PC gaming space have been enjoying for quite a few years now. We hopefully will also see larger storage up to two terabytes. Currently, without expanding it yourself, the largest capacity you can get is on the new slimmed down PlayStation 5 consoles, which is one terabyte, which in itself is an improvement over the 825 gigabytes that you got in the original console. If this is true, though, the thing that worries me is what cost are Sony going to be asking for this? I can't imagine this would be much less than, say, £600 or $600. And if that's the case, I think a lot of people would maybe look at getting a PC. One of the laws of a console is it kind of just works, but also the price. They tend to be maybe a bit more bang for your buck in terms of performance to cost. £600, though, you can get a good PC and something that is upgradable over time. I I think that would be a very difficult pill to swallow if it does come out. I think they need to get it under £500, which then means that they need to get the current PlayStation 5 closer to £300 without the disk drive. If they can't achieve that, I think it'll be an extremely niche product. But then again, this is Sony. They do sell a VR headset that is more expensive than the console it connects to. And that seems to be doing relatively well. So maybe, maybe if they could pull it off, there'll be quids in. Now, getting into some games news. The first one will be the new announcement from Sega that they are bringing at least five of their classic series back with titles in active development right now. Now, when I saw this trailer, again, it'll be in the show notes, I got quite excited, but I also got cautiously optimistic at some of the things that they were showing off. Now, they have shown off five games, the first one being Jesset Radio, which we've talked about quite a few times over maybe the last six months on the podcast. There's been rumors, there's been apparently leaks, shots. Uh, there was even a small video clip. It looks like that. That was all true. Now, I love Jet Set Radio, and especially Jet Set Radio Future on the Xbox. I hope this lives up to the quality that was set by them. Not only the way it plays, the graphics, but more importantly, arguably, the sound, the soundtrack specifically. So I'll be quite excited to see how that turns out, and it's going to be a pickup. I have got One Rush Cyberfunk, which is a spiritual successor, which looks really good. Unfortunately, I just haven't had time to play that recently. The next game was Shinobi, which has a very similar art style to Streets of Rage 4. So it's going for that cel-shaded look. I think it suits it. It looks really good. I'd be curious to see whether this will be a more linear game like most of the titles in the series are or if maybe we might get some sort of Metroidvania sort of experience. Either way, I'm looking forward to that. The next game, not so much. So the next one was Golden Axe. Now, it's great to see Golden Axe coming back. However, the small clip that was shown reminded me of Beast Riders itself in a Golden Axe game, and that wasn't good. 
I don't know what they could do with Golden Axe. I think, ideally, it would be some sort of God of War Ragnarok sort of story-driven title would be the best thing to do with it. However, I do not believe Sega have the budget to pull off a game like that. I'll, as I said, I'll be cautiously optimistic. I'll see what it's like. It's nice to see it getting resurrected. I just don't hope it's not resurrected as a husk of what it formerly was. The next game surprised me, actually, was Streets of Rage. So it's only been three years since we had Streets of Rage 3. Sorry, Streets of Rage 4, even. And this looks like rather than a 2D side-scroller brawler, we're going to get a full 3D brawler. I'd be... I'd be worried how that would play. Typically, I feel that the side-scrolling brawlers tend to feel a lot tighter than the full 3D ones. Although, in all fairness, probably the last full 3D one I played was Fighting Force, so maybe they've improved in the 25 years or so since then. Now, the final game that they've shown off was probably the one I thought looked the most improved, and that's a new Crazy Taxi. Now, they show quite a lot of other taxis on the roads, so I'm hoping it might be multiplayer. It'd be cool if you could have a mode where it's who could complete the most furs in a certain certain set of time or raise the most amount of cash. Maybe you could steal furs from other people. I I don't know. The fact that you see a lot of taxis on the road at the same time, though, I'm hoping that they're more than just AI competitors and that you can have some sort of multiplayer function in it. Interestingly, we also see some police cars as well being driven by what we assume is the player. So I don't know if there could also be some sort of like cat and mouse style where you're trying to get your taxi first where they need to go maybe causing as much destruction and chaos as you can on the way and other players are playing as the cops trying to prevent you from wrecking the whole town now i really hope they manage to get someone like the offspring back to do the soundtracks to this because i think that was one of the defining things that caught a lot of people's attention whether it was at the arcade or on the dreamcast if we don't have a good rock or punk rock sort of soundtrack to get you pumped up when playing this game, I do think it could feel a little bit flat. Now, none of these games have set dates, but they are all in active development. So hopefully we'll see at least some of them come in 2024. If we're lucky, we might see more. And Sega did announce that there are even more in development. So I would be interested to see who that could be. Perhaps we might get a new Rise star. Who knows? That'd be a nice uh, surprise for a lot of people. Now, moving on from Sega to Atari. The Atari 50 Anniversary Collection, one of the best collections of old retro games, documentaries and media available it's actually getting 12 new titles which will bring the total amount of titles to 115 games now if no one's played atari 50 i would say go out and buy it i am not an atari fan 
Atari's in that weird, especially the 2600, is in that weird period for me. It's I like early 8-bit games, but that's just maybe a little bit too basic for me. However, I have loved this collection. It's been so interesting to go in, read up about a game, see how it was developed, see some media, whether it's like instruction manuals or arcade art about it, then watch a documentary about how it was made or how it was received when it first came out, then jump in and play that game. Before moving on to the next game, you can go through them in chronological order. You can jump around by series. It's really, it is the gold standard for these sorts of compilations for old classic games. And I really would love to see someone like maybe Sega, Konami, Capcom make something. Even if it was half as good as this in its presentation layout, it would still be excellent. Now, most of these new titles come into the collection are Atari 2600 titles, with the exception of one Atari Lynx title, and are made up of a lot of unreleased um, homebrew and prototype games. Now, the titles we've got is Adventure 2, which is a homebrew title, Bowling, Double Dunk, Maze Craze, Miniature Golf, Moto Rodeo, Aquaventure, which is a prototype, Save Murray, which is a prototype and a title that we've talked about recently as it is getting a physical release by Atari themselves. Super Football, Return to Haunted House, yes, another homebrew, Circus Atari, and then the one Atari Lynx title, which is Warbirds itself, a prototype. Now, the developer of these who actually got purchased by Atari Digital Eclipse have announced that they plan to include even more titles, in-depth interviews, and more behind-the-scenes goodies from what they call the golden age of gaming and future free updates. Now, that's the great thing about this. This update, it's available now, and it's free. So if you've got this game, go download the update. If you haven't, get it. It's such a brilliant way to go through Atari's heritage. I would hope that once they've brought out a few more updates and maybe the finish with this title, I would love to see maybe an Atari 50 complete collection or something similar, which includes all these games on, say, a cartridge or a disc. I Just from a preservation point of view, that would be amazing. I would really love to see something like that. Now... Unfortunately, while that's great news, we are going to end the podcast on a little bit of downer as the Entertainment Software Association, commonly referred to as the ESA, has announced that what was once the biggest show in gaming, E3, is no more. They will not be bringing this back anymore. Now, We'll probably talk about this in a future episode just so that we can give our thoughts on it. But this is, it's not unexpected, although it is still sad news. The E3 for a lot of people, especially maybe my age, it's something that's always seemed to have been there. Now, this they only started in the mid-90s. I remember the PlayStation and Saturn were at the first E3. It's something that has always been what you look forward to. 
you get to see new games, you get to see new hardware, new consoles were often unveiled at E3. The last decade or so, though, so any of our younger listeners probably won't realize how big E3 was. The last decade, they have just been a shell of themselves. And it's sad to see. Now, since COVID hit and a lot of the big players such as Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo moved away from attending E3 and instead had their own directs or showcases around E3, I feel like they've lost a lot of power. Now, we do have Summer of Games, which is a similar sort of thing. E3... (laughs) It will always hold a special place in my heart and it will be missed. However, I'm kind of glad it's been part of its misery. It was just limping along and it was getting worse and worse on each by each year. It wasn't a dignified way for it to continue. And all I can say is, E3, we'll miss you, but we'll never forget you. Now, We've come to the end of the episode in typical fashion when it is me. I do rush through it, so I think I've got quite a good time going over 21 minutes this time. As always, though, I'd like to say a massive thank you to our Patreon subscribers, Bobby Socks and Short Gizmo. Your support is greatly appreciated. And, as usual, if you'd like to find out more about anything mentioned in this week's episode, you can visit the full show notes at retrogamingdads.co.uk. I've been the Retro Gaming Dad, and hopefully we'll see you again next time.